1: Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. I am
2: so glad that you are tuned in, and because of your devotion and your dedication to listening to the show. We are now one of the top shows in San Diego. Praise the Lord. Today we have an amazing uh, woman of God, a woman that participates in the community, and her name is Rosie Higuera, uh, but I don't want you to leave for the latter part, because t- today we'll, we will be coming out of Zechariah chapter 13. We're getting close to ending this book. But praise God. Without further ado, Rosie, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if you can just give us a few minutes of your story
3: and who you are, so our audience preps up for what's coming next. Perfect. Well, thank you so much Pastor Adam for having me on the show. I appreciate your hard work and dedication and your family's work in the community. I you're a strong leader in our community and we appreciate you standing up for kids and families and for righteousness. So thank you so very much. So my name is Rosie and I'm a longtime um Oceanside resident. I've been in the community for 23 years. Um, I'm a homeowner. I'm highly invested in our community. I love the people of Oceanside. I am a married mother of three grown young adults that have all gone through the Oceanside Unified School System. They're all responsible, incredible, um, contributing members of society that are kind-hearted, generous, and uh, give back to the community um, in their work and pouring into the next generation into the youth. And also I became a grandmother this year. Woo-hoo! So yes, <laughs> I definitely want to make an impact in the world um, and leave a legacy for my children and my grandchildren. I want the world to be a, a better place for them once my husband and I leave this world. So that's why I fight and uh, that's what I, why I do what I do. And I believe so passionately in our children and our youth. They're amazing, incredible, capable uh, beings, and so I want to pour into and make a real difference with the youth and the kids.
2: That's awesome, Rosie. You know, tell me a little bit about your experience about coming to the Lord, and then we're going to get to some Q&A, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so our audience knows who you are and that you are a believer, you have come to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but give me a little
3: background about how that happened. So my mom and dad actually um, were missionaries to Mexico. Wow. Yeah. And so they started many churches. And when my mom was pregnant of me, nine months pregnant, she was in Mexico um, feeding and clothing, you know, uh, less fortunate people. So she had a huge, huge heart for God and a huge heart for people. I remember at being five years old with a little tambourine in my hand. I was <laughs> already awesome. a worship leader, you know, singing <laughs> songs in Spanish. And so I have some incredible uh, memories of just pretty much living in church. I remember as a kid falling asleep in the pew because sometimes these services would go on till 11 or 12 midnight. And so it's definitely in my DNA. Uh, the greatest thing that my mom taught me was... Um, Love Jesus, follow him with all your body, mind, soul, and spirit. Put him first and you'll be blessed. And um, I have been absolutely blessed. Um, When you follow God's word and you do what it says, you inherit all the incredible blessings that God promises. And so I have a wonderful, wonderful heritage. My mother was just a spiritual giant in the land. She was a forerunner in the faith, incredibly strong, the strongest woman that I knew, Um, Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. She had seven kids. She raised them all. She, you know, um, took in foster kids. Wow. She taught Sunday school. She had me teaching Sunday school at 12 years old. Um, That's powerful. Yeah. She um, was just a real force for women and a protector of, you know, widows and orphans and just tireless, tireless. They owned a restaurant. I don't know how she did what she did. She also raised five of my brother's kids. Cause he was going through law school. Wow. And so she just was, had a heart for kids. And so I think I got that heart for children and kids from her as well. Cause I was always around kids. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I was raised in the church. Um, I didn't always follow God's word. You know, I did go through a, a period of rebellion, but God's love always was there wooing me back and Amen. bringing me back to him. And so um, I'm blessed because uh, I waited for... God's perfect mate for me. And so actually on the 21st of this month, we celebrate 25 years of marriage. Congratulations. yeah, we celebrated in uh, Kauai last month with our entire family. We renewed our vows on the beach. And so we try to instill that into people. You know, if you have two people that love God with all of their being, and then they love each other and they build their foundation on Jesus Christ, your marriage your family is going to be strong. Your Amen. kids is, are going to see that love that you have between each other and they're going gra- to grow up loved and secured and strong and capable. And they're not going to settle for, you know, losers when they date Come on and the, keep it the, real the standard's going to be super high. And so we really invest in young married couples as well with cell groups and stuff as well, because we know that that is the fabric and the foundation of a healthy society. One mom and one dad that love each other, bring Mm -hmm. kids into that family, pour into them the love of Jesus, model that for them. And you know, we're the springboard for the diving board for their life and their future. And then they carry on that legacy. And so I know right now, Uh, Families are being attacked, even just the very names of mother and father. That's correct. And it is something that God created. And so man cannot dismantle that because it is something supernatural and spiritual. DNA cries it out. every society and every culture um, has had marriage and family. That's correct. It's the bedrock of a strong society. And so I'm a firm fighter for families... And marriage, and I'm very pro life, and I make no apologies for my values or for defending those that need defending. So that's a little bit of my story.
2: No, that's word. You know, that you're absolutely correct that the Bible says that, you know, Jesus holds all things together.
1: That's right. That means
2: societies, that means families. And when there's a breakup of that, we have chaos. That's right. We, We have chaos. We have. Rampant crime rising up high. Suicide is at the greatest level with those young kids where their parents parents are sacrificing them literally to Satan by transforming their gender because inside it doesn't change. There's still a boy or a girl. That's word. So, you know, we need to keep Hawaii in in prayer. And and, I know you were there last month. That's some horrible uh, fires in Lahaina and Kauai. I mean, uh, on Maui. Maui. So we need to keep them in prayer as well. They're in our prayers for sure. Lord bless them in Jesus' name. So, you know, I met you at a... At a school board hearing, and you and your husband are like a powerhouse there. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to start going to the school board hearings in Oceanside. Right.
3: So I've always been invested in the community in acts of service, in volunteering for the schools and making sure I know the teachers and know what my kids are learning. So very involved in field trips and all of that stuff. Um, but I actually had never been to a school board in my life. And I walked into church and there was a lady that greeted me and she said, hi, I'm Julie. She says, I'm part of, um, uh, an action team. And I said, what is that? (laughs) And she said, yeah, it's a way to get. Christians engaged in the political atmosphere. And I said, okay. She said, will you come to one of my meetings? I said, sure. She said, "Um, will you run for school board? And I looked at her and I said, well, I've never been to a school board meeting. But I said, if that's what God wants me to do, absolutely. Because I want to be able and willing to do whatever he asked me to do. It's like, yes, I will do it. And so um, she said, hey, she says, we have this, um, this group. It's called Rebels in the Park and we meet every week. And she says, why don't you come and check us out? They're like a grassroots group. And so I went one day, and um, I'm sitting around at the park and listening. And they said, so who are you? You know, introduce yourself. And so they said, what's your story? And how come you're not at work? And I said, well, I worked for a really huge nonprofit corporation. I said, and they wanted to force me to get the COVID vaccine. And I said, absolutely not. Amen. And so they said, if you don't, take the shot you're going to get fired i said well then fire me amen and so i stood my ground and i held out and held out until they walked me out and you know i had two friends on the left and the right of me they said oh my gosh rosie i wish i would have met you before
2: that's awesome and I let me mean, i don't want to mm-hmm. stop you but mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of athletes now more than ever in the history that are have myocarditis and are just dropping yes lebron's yes. kid recently fully vaccinated another kid that from usc as well fully vaccinated there it's 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 causing havoc but please it's continue. it's despicable
3: it's absolutely Thank despicable you. i mean women are losing their babies or miscarrying um i'm sure that it has reproductive harm and it's just a way to make money off of people and it's horrible horrible. horrible and so from the very beginning me and my family we knew that it was a lie a big lie amen. and we never shut down amen <laughs> in fact we had more parties you know <laughs> it's like everybody come on over come on. um so yeah so she invited me to this group and so i said I didn't take the shot and you know my friends on my left and my right they said you know we were so scared and we were felt so threatened and so pressured we took the shot and we almost died and they were you know young and I said I am so sorry they said we would have we would have loved to have met you and known you you have you're so brave and courageous we wouldn't have taken the shot if we would have known you mm. and I said I'm so sorry I said you know there are other jobs you know? Absolutely. Um, but they were very, very fearful. And so yeah, so I got fired and so they said, Yep, you're a rebel, so welcome to our group. <laughs> and so now I'm known as Rosie the Rebel. So that tag name is kind of stuck with me. So, um, that's how I started. They go this group is mostly seniors and they are patriots they've been in politics for a long time they're highly invested in the community they love the lord they yes yes they love the lord and um they they go to and fight for our kids they should be on their porch with their rocking chair enjoying their great grandbabies but no instead they're fighting for the next generation because they know if our generation gets all screwed up, we're all going to pay because they're going to be our leaders. Amen. And so I know that the schools right now are trying to um, mutilate their bodies, mutilate their minds. That's correct. Screw up their identity. And so if one of these young kids goes to the doctor and gets mutilated, they become a patient for life. And they also become a mental health patient for life. That's correct. And so from one child, you can make millions over millions a lifetime. And so I do see that it is um, a diabolical scheme to make money at all costs, Speak at the cost the of our children. And our kids are not for sale. And so Woo, I went... On. One day to the school board meeting, and I was sitting there, and I listened to the the teachers speak, the community speak, the public speak. And I saw the school board's reaction, and I said, God, why am I here? And the Holy Spirit just told me that um, basically they all are intimidated by the superintendent, and she's a big bully. <laughs> so I got up there, and I said, you know what? I see what's going on here. You're all afraid of the superintendent, but I don't know why, because you are the board elected by the public. Exactly. You are the voice for the public and the children and the families, you have all the power. Amen. You can actually fire the superintendent. So I don't know why you're allowing her to bully you and silence your voice. And so from that moment on, I was committed to going to school board meetings, going to city council and holding our leaders accountable because they should be accountable to their constituents, to their communities that have had the faith To vote them into office and so um, yeah that's why I do what I do because I see that there we have a lot of weak leaders yes and so they need to do their job or they need to resign amen well
2: said hey if you just tuned in this is freedom with Adam Riojas and I have an incredible advocate for children to name for children her name is Rosie Higuera and we will continue with this interview now I think you would be great if you ran. So is that something that's ringing
3: through your head to run and actually make a difference? I would love to run. Sure. If that's something that God wants me to do, I definitely would consider it. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And
2: you would make a difference. Tell me what you would do if God says, you need to run and you need to be part of this. because He may and you may like. Get fully convinced. Tell me what you would make a change and how you would make a change and why you believe God could use you in that position.
3: Well, I think that God has made me and my husband very blunt and very outspoken and very fearless. And I see that there is a huge need for that. in in leaders that will stand against the grain and go against the flow of society that won't cower and toe the line and just conform. And so um, I think I would... Go in and I would make radical changes. I would gut the system. Honestly, I would put kids first. I would protect their innocence. I would listen to the families and the community members and the constituents and actually bring them into the decision making. When it comes to curriculum, I would clean up the curriculum. I would remove pornographic materials that have no place in the school. Come on, sister. Gender, ideology, Uh, diversity equity and inclusion that is another office where we're taking money away from the children and feeding it to the dogs
2: that's right it's
3: divisive it is uh, we call it um discrimination exclusion and indoctrination because that's exactly what it is It's teaching innocent kids how to hate their own race, to hate their own country, hate everything that America has stood for. And that is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And so, um, yeah, I would take that diversity office. I would let go of all of the department that was created for that because it's very harmful to kids. And they teach critical race theory, even though they say that they don't, but it is very entrenched in the curriculum. Yes. And I would bring the transparency back because there are a lot of parents that are complaining to the school board, um, to the superintendent, writing emails, showing up at board meetings, and they just don't care. They are being silenced. um, And they have very valid concerns. For example, one mother came to me and she said that her son at first grade, first grade, mind you, okay, we're talking about a six year old. Wow. Okay, at, at an oceanside school, told his teacher that he was a Trump supporter and the teacher bullied him. What? The teacher <sighs> bullied him. Okay. Wow. So if we have teachers that are bullying and intimidating our children we're in a dangerous place dangerous, in society dangerous, because teachers hold a lot of power they do and so and they're highly respected by children and so whatever they say is going to be the gospel truth and so we got to make sure that our teachers are teaching things that are appropriate for their age level and that are not political amen not divisive, Amen. and you know that teaches them to love their country and to love their neighbors as yourself.
2: Wow, I couldn't have said that better. Hey, I want you to be praying for Rosie Higuera that God would put in her mind to completely give in and and to run for office. You will not have my vote if you run. <laughs> We're definitely praying for you because you are definitely involved in our community. And man, thank you for doing
3: that. Rosie, you have a family. Yes. Um, how many children do you have? Rosie? I have three children. So my oldest is 23. Uh, she just graduated this year with her bachelor's degree and, um her name is Tiffany and my middle daughter is Sophie. She graduated from junior college and she got married to her high school sweetheart. Oh, wow. Yes, and she made me a grandmother. Woo-hoo! So I have a beautiful blue-eyed blonde baby hey, boy. Man. Come on. Yeah, he's my little peanut. <laughs> and then I have my son Noah who is 19 and he's going to college and he's getting ready to go off to college. And that kid, I swear I love that kid. He is such a godly young man and so respectful to women and I just love him so much. He's fighting for our youth and he gives his he volunteers his time actually at the Catholic Church and the Christian Church. Wow. So he's pouring into the next generation of leaders and he's one of those up and rising young Gen Zs that's going to reach Mm-hmm. A lot of kids for a price. So That's I'm beautiful. very, very proud of my kids. And they actually all went. To Oceanside schools. Wow. They all graduated from um, Al Camino High School and they had some incredible, wonderful teachers that I knew personally that taught them very well. Amen. And they're contributing members of society that, you know, love Oceanside and, you know, love America and um, they also want to fight for America.
2: Amen. So, you know, on October 28th, we're having an event called "Let Freedom Reign" at the Oceanside uh, Junior Seau Amphitheater, right next to the pier in Oceanside. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at nighttime. Um, you said your children are worshipers, so yes. I would love for you and your children to come and to to sing your and and for you to speak so that the community uh, can get behind you. And I'm I'm praying that God just directs you. To, to be part of this new revival that I'm believing is going to happen. And you know, most people, and I know you've heard it, keep politics out of church. But it's it wasn't created to be like that. It was to, it was to keep the government out of the church, not the church from the in the government. Exactly. And so I please, you know, be praying, and I, I hopefully by then you're totally in, and 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 you're going to do something to change our community, and we want to hear your children for sure. So tell us a little bit about the the talents your children have, and. And a little bit about your husband. We have a few more minutes. I I want our listeners to know you and to know your family.
3: So my mother started this prayer, actually. She said, God, you know, I sing like a crow. Please <laughs> bless my daughter, Rosie, with a beautiful singing voice. Amen. And so he did. And so I've been singing for a long time as well. And um, I, t- I told my mom while she was still alive that her prayer went down to the next generation because my daughter also sing beautifully as wow. well. So when they were in El Camino Real, they were actually like world champions. Really? Yeah, they competed against women in- from Korea and Hawaii and... All over, and they Did you say in singing? In singing, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, they're now using their talents to build God's kingdom, which is incredible. And uh, my son Noah, he didn't get that singing voice, but I'm praying that he will because he loves Amen. to <laughs> sing. And I'm asking God to anoint his hands so he can pray, play instruments as well. Amen. But that young man is a preacher. And um, he's already reaching people on social media. Wow. And so he's actually meeting up with a mentor um, from save, um, California will be saved. Wow. And so, um, who knows? I said, maybe you can start Oceanside will be saved. Amen. That would be incredible. Oh, and that's so, powerful. yeah, he can speak at your event if you'd like him to. He's a powerful prayer warrior. <laughs> Let's um, have him there as well. Yeah. I came home yesterday and I found him and Tristan and Tiffany having communion together and he was leading. Really? And It's just like, Oh my oh gosh, my goodness, praise this, the Lord. This young man. Yeah. He, just doesn't cease to amaze me all three of those kids are just incredible so i'm super super blessed and my husband is you know a warrior he's the provider and protector he's a man's man and so he pours into um all of his team at work as well as being a role model and mentor and prays for them as well and we are just trying to shine the light for jesus amen so we have about a minute Mm -hmm. Give our
2: audience a word of encouragement, because I, I know you're doing it, your husband and your family, especially you and your husband. Give our audience a word of encouragement, how they can be part of something that is a solution.
3: So I would like to encourage you and let you know that God made you on purpose for a purpose and that purpose is to know God and to love God and God said to be strong and courageous to be not afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and that's in Joshua 1 9 and so you don't go in your own strength but you go in God's strength and he also says the joy of the Lord is your strength and so realize that there is a greater power at work and when you yield to that power you're unstoppable you are a force for Good. So be encouraged today. Amen. How could somebody get a hold of you if they want to? So you can um, email me at rosy the rebel at proton.me.
2: Rosie the Rebel at proton.me. Mm-hmm. Woo! Contact Rosie. She's awesome. We'll be right back. God bless you.
1: Woo! .org
0: Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy Associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by at the Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday, and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the crossoceanside.com.
2: Welcome to today's, to me, best part of the show. But don't forget, we just had Rosie Higuera, an awesome warrior for the Lord, and that was so april as we get into this latter part of the show. And of course, we are now in Zechariah 13, and we are getting ready to complete and finish this book next week. But today, chapter 13, I love it because it starts off with the bang. And if you're just listening for your first time, somebody told you about the show, Zechariah was a prophet to those folks that had been freed or let go from Babylon after their 70-year captivity. We are now right around the year 500 A.D., about 500 years before Jesus shows up to the scene, and Zechariah is encouraging them to finish the temple. It had been halfway completed, and he has been giving them a word, a word that you and I can still use, and it's so apro, and it's so full of prophecy. Remember, prophecy means a word from God that is for tomorrow or in the near future, and it's going to happen because God cannot lie. So here we go. In th- that day, he's speaking in the future, there shall be a fountain open to the house of, of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Remember in the previous chapter it was speaking about Jesus coming back and they would see him whom they have pierced and remember they pierced his head with the crown of thorns, they pierced his hand with his nails and they pierced his side with a spear and that's How we begin this is Jesus showing up to the millennial kingdom. In that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Now, there's a lot of different views for that verse. Some people believe that it's speaking about the blood of Jesus But I want to be very clear that Scripture speaks for itself. Right here it's speaking about a fountain open to the house of David. Now, if you remember in John 4.14, and as I go there and read it, it's very important for us to see what this is saying in context. John 4.14 says this, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be unto him a well of water, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting. Remember, water is what sustains you and I. Right here, Jesus is literally saying, Drink of me. Drink what I have for you. Be refreshed by my word. But in this verse, it even goes further. There's, a, there's an actual event that's going to happen, but there is no doubt that Jesus is that fountain of living water. Now, I, I want to read something to you so that, again, we can understand this verse in in even a, a better context. Jeremiah says this, and this will enlighten you to see exactly what it's saying. 2.13 says this, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out, cisterns, broken cisterns that could hold no water water. No doubt it's pointing to God. God Jesus, a fountain of living water. In Jeremiah seventeen and, and listen, seventeen thirteen it says this, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart with thee shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of of living waters. Why does it call him that? You know, the it's so April for that because without water, you can't live. You can go 40 days without no food, but try going 40 days without water. Science now tells us that if you go between 7 to 10 days without water, that you could possibly and most likely are going to die. Of dehydration. You're going to die because we need water. Now, I want to be clear that if God calls you to do a fast and and you know it's from God and you're not drinking water, um, you better make sure that's from God because you're going to die if it isn't. So make sure that you're drinking water. I'm going to be honest. Whenever I fast, my longest fast has been 30 days without no food, but I've eaten, but I've drank Plenty of water. Plenty of water. So again, it's pointing to God. But there's also something pretty powerful when you continue to read his word. In and Zechariah fourteen, eight it says this and it shall be in that day that living water shall go from Jerusalem, half out of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea in the summer, in the winter It shall be, so it's also a physical manifestation of water, of living water. Now, this water that's going to flow, is going to heal every river from there. Every river when it flows out of Jerusalem, because it's going to be blessed. This is going to be real holy water. You know, you've heard of holy water, where people put it on them, it's holy water. Well, this is really, really holy water. Water, because it's it's water that flows from this river. Now, I want to read you what it says in Revelations twenty-one six to seven. Revelations twenty-one six to seven. Again, Revelations twenty-one six to seven. I don't want to make anything up from you. I want to make sure that we come from the Word so that you understand it. It says this. He said unto that. He said unto me, "It is done." This is Jesus. I am the Alpha and Omega, that means the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Did you hear that? It's a fountain of water that he will give to you and I freely. It has a double meaning. There's no doubt that God is that fountain of living Water And any water he blesses, especially that water that's going to come out from Jerusalem, it's going to heal all the rivers around there. So it's important to look at that and and, and to know that God is the fountain of living water, yet anything he touches becomes holy. Anything he touches will be healed. Isn't that an amazing word from the Lord? He's encouraging the people. This is almost 2,500 years ago, and it still encourages you and I when you look at this, because this is something that's going to happen, and it shall come to pass in that day, in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols of the land, and they shall no more be remembered, and I shall also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of The land. Now, we've covered this many times. And if you have a Bible and if you want to remember it, you can read this out of Isaiah 65, out of Isaiah uh, 11, Isaiah 66, and many other places where you see that there's coming a period where the animals will go back to eating hay. That is amazing. And all those that get through the tribulation will repopulate the earth. And what I love about this is that they are, it's a promise that God is making to Israel. Now, God loves Israel, but you can't show up to the doorstep and say, God, I'm Jewish, so that should allow me to get to heaven. You still need Jesus, you know, last week I had a a, a Jewish man that, that gave his life to Jesus, and now he serves him. he's a messianic Jew, loves the Lord, and he knows that you still need Jesus to get into heaven. Your good works are not good enough. There's a lot of good people in hell. You're like, oh, were you just shocked? You need Jesus." That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why it was never sufficient for an animal to fully redeem you. Let me tell you why. Because you needed of the same kind to pay for your sin. An animal or, or a sheep was of its kind. It was temporary. There needed to be of the same kind to redeem mankind. God put on a human suit, showed up, went to the cross for you and I so that we would have redemption, that we would have a clean slate, that our minds would be renewed, and that now we would have this incredible gift of being able to get into heaven, not by your works, my works, anything that I do, I need you need Jesus And what he's doing now is he's going to cut off all of these prophets. you'll no longer exist. You will no longer be tempted by anybody. You know Satan it's, it's, it's amazing when you read Revelation because Satan isn't caught, isn't put in the lake of fire till after the thousand years. You know who's put into the into the lake of fire It's the false prophet in the Antichrist. Because they're human and God is so disgusted because of what they did and how they they deceived the folks. Satan is just bound in the abyss for a thousand years and then he's loosed again. But during this period, there will be no more false prophets. The Bible says that if you died a hundred years, you die as, as a cursed person because you're going to live out the whole thousand years. It's clean. It's beautiful. But wait, you don't have to wait for that. You can be taken when God comes for his church. You know, some believe pre, middle. Right now, it's not important. Right now, it's for you and I to know that the only way into heaven is through Jesus. That's the only way. And that there is a promise for them last thousand years. And we see part of it being put out here. It says, and it shall come to pass that when... Any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begot him shall say unto him, Thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord. And his father's mother that begot him shall thrust him through when he pro- will get out of here. You're not welcome here. That is unacceptable. And it's going to be all about God. It's going to be about God. It's going to be about Jesus reigning on his throne. And look, as we continue, it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the prophets shall be ashamed, every one of his vision. Vision, They will understand that they're false prophets and that they, have, they can still repent. They, okay, God, I got it wrong, God. Help me, God. Then it says, when they had prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. They no longer have this costume on and act like a prophet You guys remember, like, Elijah and John the Baptist. These men, John the Baptist and Elijah were godly men. But here it's speaking about those that pretend to be these prophets, that put on these garments and, and say, I have a word for you. And then they deceive you and they take you out to left field. And then nobody's there to catch you. But it continues. But he shall say, I am no prophet. I am a husband For a man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. They're going to understand that they're not a prophet. That they got it. That it can't happen during this period. That there is one God and he's raining out of Jerusalem. And again, it's the the fountain. Remember, Jesus, I am am living waters. He is the fountain. But look, this next verse has become controversial to a lot of our our newer generation uh, pastors and even... Even those that say they're prophets, says this, And once you'll say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands, or in your hands? Some of the newer uh, translations will say between your arms, but it's hands. And you know why it's hands. You remember last week when we read a verse when God the Father, Jehovah, is speaking to them, and, and literally bringing them a, a word. And it, and it shocked you. And it shocked all those that were not familiar with this with this verse. In Zechariah 12.10, it says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and the supplications. And look what it says. And they shall look upon me. This is Jehovah. This is the triune Yahweh speaking. They will look upon me, he says, what? I thought it was Jesus. Jesus is the triune God. He is the Son. But here you have Jehovah, because we know that it's God speaking to them, because in verse 12 it says, Thus saith the Lord. This is God speaking. They will look upon me whom they have pierced. So it makes perfect sense to come here and read that What are these wounds in your hands? People will say, well, that, it's not saying that. It's talking about the false prophet. There's no way. Listen, this is why. Then he shall answer, those are those which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Who did that to him? It was the the Jews, the, the religious leaders at that time. Israel was in an uproar. Crucify him. Crucify him. It was done in the house of his friends. And this is why we know for sure that it's speaking about Jesus. Not only because Zechariah 12.10 says it, because remember, God always backs up his word because the very next verse says this, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd... And the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. And this is, this no doubt speaks about Jesus. They can believe that that previous verse has nothing to do with Jesus, but they can believe that this one does. And they believe that this one does because in Matthew 26, 31, it's it's quoted again. And I want to read Matthew 26, 31 so you can see what it says. Twelve thirty-one says this. Let me read uh, thirty, so you understand it. Um, and when they had sung a hymn, now that's an interesting uh, sung a hymn because it's it's the only place you see Jesus singing. And in Zephaniah three seventeen, there's another place where it says that God sings over us. Woo! That is beautiful. Look what it says. And they went onto the mount of olives and said unto Jesus, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, What is written? I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Exactly what Zechariah quoted five hundred years before in Zechariah thirteen seven. That's why thirteen six is no doubt speaking about Jesus. When it says, what are these wounds in thy hands, in your hands? Most, again, there's a lot of people that say that isn't about Jesus. But to me, and to a lot of it, it's perfectly clear. These are the wounds in my hands. I was wounded in the house of my friends. And then the very next verse, "Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord, hosts, smite the shepherd. Matthew twenty six thirty one, and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. It is very clear. You know, God's word is amazing. Back then, what does this mean? Smite the shepherd. That's why Isaiah chapter 53 is not read in synagogues in Isaiah 22, when it says that they would pierce him. You know, piercing, uh, crucifixion wasn't even invented until the Romans perfected it and the Romans brought it into practice. And so, no doubt that the word encourages you and I. You know, by him speaking about the future, it gives us a hope to look forward to something It gives us a future to know that he doesn't want to hurt you and I, but he wants to bless us. He wants to heal us mentally and physically. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn my hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all, All the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left therein. You know, this is speaking about Jacob's trouble, about the tribulation, about the seven-year tribulation. Jeremiah um, 30, uh, verse 7 says this. Let me read that to you. Jeremiah 30, verse 7 says this I lost here it comes for that day is great so that none is like it it is even the time of Jacob's trouble but he shall be saved out of it daniel spoke about Jacob's trouble in in daniel chapter 9 he spoke about Jacob's trouble he spoke about the abomination That would happen. Jesus also spoke about this thing. In Matthew 24, Jesus reminds you and I about a period that's coming that wasn't intended for the church. In Matthew 24, from 24 to 14, no doubt it's speaking about the church. Then the tone changes. In 24, 15, it says this when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, this is Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble, spoken by Daniel the prophet in, in Daniel chapter 9, stand in the holy place whoso, whoso readeth, let him understand, and let them that which be in Judea flee into the mountains, let them which be in the housetops not come down to take anything out of his house. He's speaking directly to the Jews at this point. Neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. And woe unto them that are without with child, the, and to them that have suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be a great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. To this time, nor shall ever be. No time in history has anything like this that's going to come to the tribulation, has ever been experienced, and except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the Alexics, those days shall be shortened. It says three, three, two parts will be uh, will be done away with. I want to remind you that in Revelation, and we don't have a lot of time, but in Revelation, there's there's a couple of places like the fourth seal in Revelation six, where it says the fourth part of humanity is. Wiped away. You know what a fourth part there is of, of of eight billion? That's two billion people. Two billion is a fourth part. We have about eight billion people here, and, and then again in Revelation chapter um, nine, where it says, "In the fourth angels, the sixth trumpet, the fourth angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and day and month and you ye- and a year to slay the third part of man." Now a third part of 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 listen of 6,000 is leaves us with wow imagine that almost down to half of the people now two thirds and I will bring the third part this is the Jewish those people that make it will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried they shall call on my name and I will hear them I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God Rosie can you close us in prayer
3: Wow, that was a powerful, strong word. Thank you for that, Pastor. So in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in who? In the Lord, and whose confidence is in who? In him, in Christ. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Woo!
1: Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamRiojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K Praise. If you missed a show, Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.
2: Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Serving ages 3 through 6th grade, hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.org. Dot com that's at the